we will start with the first question, which is who would play you in the Autodesk movie or movie of your life? Yeah, I love this question. So, you know, when I think about anybody who would do that, I have to think about people who have played, I think, strong characters, you know, complicated characters, characters or ones that, you know, where they're businesswomen or scientists. So that mm-hmm. I think the first name that pops in my head is Laura Dern. And the second one would be like Sandra Bullock. Cause I think about I like, you know, she played a businesswoman in Big Little Lies. She was like the scientist on Jurassic Park. Andrew Bullock has had really interesting roles like that as well. So mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. I know that's like so fun to think of. I, I love hearing who, like the reason people chose the people. So, and those are both great actresses. So, all right. Who is your favorite superhero? That's always a tough one because I have a couple, but I think Captain Marvel. And here's why, because I love that that was the first female-led kind of superhero movie. And, you know, I kind of like the tagline of the future is female. But the other thing was, is like, I like that some of her power would think on her feet and also like have the power to predict danger, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I think is super helpful in just the days that we're in now, right? Yes, (laughs) for sure. And I feel like Captain Marvel, she never gets as much recognition as she should. In terms yeah. of Marvel characters, like nobody's ever, everyone's talking about, you know, or whoever Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow or whatever, but Captain right. Marvel never, never gets her time to shine until now, until this interview. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that. I like that. Okay. If you could have a superhero, so sort of keeping on that, if you could have a super, one superpower, what would it be? Yeah. Wow. This is like one of those cool things where you feel you like, have you know, a if you get you need a bottle, you get three wishes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's a couple, but one would be like the superpower of being able to do time travel. Like I can imagine how cool it would be to either be able to go into the future, so to see the impact of decisions or actions that we're taking today, or even to be able to go back in time, you know, be able to witness some of the most amazing historical, you know, activities or or things that have just happened. I can't even imagine how cool that would be. I mean, that would be an amazing superpower. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There was a movie or a movie, a show on, I'm going to have to look at the name of it. It was on NBC and it was about time travel. And I just thought it was fantastic. And they went back to all of these. It was, you know, based in 2019 or whatever year it came out. And they traveled back in time to all of these, you know, different key moments in history. I'll find the name of it and send it to you. Cause it was a really, it was like one of those fun, like binge watching shows. Yeah, I mean, watch. I can't even imagine being in the presence of, you know, these oh. kind of moments yeah. that literally were pivotal to mm-hmm. where we are today. Where we are today, I agree. Um, all right, what is a topic you could give a 20-minute presentation on without any preparation? Future of work. We've been, <laughs> we've been, yeah, we've been so focused on that as a company, just how do we upskill and reskill one for our customers, like all of our customers are being impacted and disrupted and mm-hmm. even even people in our own organizations, like in marketing, right? Like we have to constantly upskill and reskill. So I also spoke at New uh, Governor Newsom in California, put together a commission on the future of work, and I was able to speak to them. So I, oh, wow. I could go on and on. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love that. I think mine would be like how to drive a standard or something. So yours sounds much more <laughs> impressive <laughs> than mine is. That would be fun. I know I, that, that was because I, I always think when I ask these questions, could I answer them? 
if somebody asked them back to me. And so I'm like, oh yeah, this question, I have not actually asked anyone this question before. So I was thinking, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess driving a standard would be my 20 minute presentation. <laughs> so um, <laughs> on the, uh, on the work related note, we'll pivot to my, my quote unquote work related questions. Is there a tool that you have discovered in the last year or, you know, even I say last year or, you know, since the pandemic started that you, you know, didn't know sort of how you lived without and how has it changed things for you? Yeah, you know, there's this tool and there's a couple of tools out there, but this one is called Mural. And it it's really great because we're all on Zoom and we're trying to figure out like, how do you whiteboard together, right? And how do you brainstorm together? And, you know, we used to do it with, you know, post-it notes and you could put them all on a whiteboard and, you know, rearrange them into categories. So Mural allows you to do that kind of stuff online where you can literally do your own kind of whiteboarding with sticky notes and and do brainstorm sessions. And I've found that once you get through any of the technical challenges, that it it can really be great. It, It allows you to do the virtual brainstorms that we used to do in conference rooms. That's great. Yeah, actually, one of our ops people on a call yesterday had said that that had sort of just changed everything for them when they had discovered yeah. that tool. I've not used it, but since you're the second person this week to say it, I feel like I will be be going to check it out. What are common? Do you are there any common misconceptions about your job? Like, do people say, "Oh, yeah, you, you know"? Um, my job is because I'm the chief marketing officer, but also the head of like business strategy. But mm-hmm. I think. Sometimes there's misconceptions because a lot of times when people hear marketing, they'll only think of the short-term impacts of marketing, like, you know, lead generation, demand generation, or they'll think about like the visual brand or visual identity. And I think they always forget about the huge strategic long-term impacts of what is your brand reputation? What do you stand for as a company? you know, what is your long-term strategy for customer experience and how you want, you know, customers to perceive your brand and do business with you. So I think that's a big misconception is is people tend to think of more of the shorter term impacts versus the longer term impacts. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you explain what you do to, you know, parents, friends, kids, non-industry people? Like you're just, you know, at a, a rent the grocery store and run into someone. <laughs> Maybe not in San Francisco because that doesn't count. So anywhere but San Francisco. <laughs> it, it's so funny because it, it's hard. Like I even have a dear college friend of mine who always says, okay, what do you do again? <laughs> <laughs> so... It's kind of funny. Sometimes I try to just shorthand it. I'll say strategy and marketing and and they'll say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'll say, well, you know, strategy is basically what markets or customers are we going to pursue? And, you know, from a marketing perspective, I'll talk to them about, uh, you know, how we uh, try to engage with customers in events or do demand generation. So I try to just shorthand and talk about things that I think they can resonate with. So, but it's it's hard because... Yeah, I will tell you, most people, when they think of marketing, think of their consumer experience mm-hmm. and right. And so they'll think of ads, right. Or commercials that you see on TV or, you know, something that you see in a retail shop or in a grocery store. And it's hard when you're trying to talk about B2B marketing, which, yeah, which is different from that. Yeah. What is the best part about your job for you? Yeah. I'll have to cheat because there's kind of two things that jump to mind for me. One is my team. I absolutely love my team. Early in my career, I had a mentor that always said, your team is everything. And my other equally favorite part about my job is being able to meet and interact with customers because it's 
just so great to be able to talk to them and hear about how we've been able to help them overcome huge challenges. And, you know, for us, that's a big deal because our customers use our software to basically design and make the world around us. <laughs> so yeah. the stories are just jaw-dropping at what some of our customers are being able to use our technology to solve, you know, the kind of problems that they solve. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. If there was no internet, what would you be doing? I am an avid, avid reader. So I would be reading and I would be exercise. I love to go for long walks, hiking, just being outside um, and exercising. So I would be a reader and a hiker. I love, I mean, that does not sound like a bad thing. I guess a post uh, retirement life, you know, yeah. you know uh, what you can do. Well, well I guess I'm going to ask, what was the last book you read? Well, you know what? I'm just wrapping up a book called Resilient. I actually saw the title and I thought, boy, if there's ever a time in anybody's life where we needed to be more resilient, it's now. <laughs> the, the title really intrigued me. Sometimes I read two, two books at the same time. And the other one I'm reading is The Splendid in the Vile, which is about Winston Churchill, uh, you know, during World War II. Okay. So you are you a primary nonfiction reader or do you read both? I read both. Okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I am a huge, reading, I always say, is one of my hobbies, but I am pretty much purely a fiction reader. So I'll, yeah. have, to, I'll have to share, I'll have to have you share some books separately because I yeah. feel like I'm in a book reading lull right now because I just read them so quickly. So I'll have to- I do uh, too. <laughs> All right, we'll have to like start a, a, like, a mini book club. So we yeah, can each other up I do. I can a lot of books. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Me too. Uh, let's see. How do you manage your inbox? Are you an inbox zero person? Uh, keep everything on red until you get to it. I'm probably not a good benchmark for how to manage it. So I, I don't have, sometimes it's like a document management tool for me and I'm bad that way. Like I, yeah. I do not clean up my inbox, which I know I should. And because I never know when I'm going to need to find something. And what I do though, is I don't like to go to bed at night with anything that has not been at least scanned or read during for the day. So even if they still say unread, it, you know, I've at least scanned what it's about. So I, yep. I try never to go to bed at night with anything that I haven't taken care of or at least scanned. Okay. Got it. What does your morning routine look like? Are you a coffee drinker, a tea drinker? Go on a walk? Oh, I have, I am so predictable. My husband says, I know exactly what you do every morning. So the first <laughs> thing I do when I get up is, you know, besides like, you know, you brush your teeth and stuff is I work out. So I'm immediately on the treadmill every day because I'm like, you got to take care of yourself physically. And then it's, you know, so it's workout, shower. And then, you know, I go downstairs to my cool little cappuccino machine and make yeah. myself a cappuccino. <laughs> All right. Like an espresso or one of those like fancy cappuccinos? Well, you know what? I, I've, been, I've been decaf for the last 15 years. And everybody always goes oh to me, well, why? But I love the taste of espresso. So I, I am a decaf espresso drinker. And I, I usually do lattes. And uh, yeah, so, and I do all of my news reading when I'm on the treadmill in the morning too. I try to get all my news, you know, fixed wow. in in the morning. So I, I multitask a lot. I like that. You're the second person. I was actually talking to someone, head of engineering at Slack, and he just loves the taste of coffee, but he said he never drank. He's, he's strictly a decaf guy yeah. too. He just really loves the taste of it. I'm like, hey, oh, that's so funny. It's rare yeah. to find people. You yeah. are the only two people I have ever spoken to who say they. Oh, I know. Never I am not good on caffeine. I, that's okay, though. My it's team just... knows if somebody actually by accident gave me caffeine, they'll know immediately because I'll be. In, I'm I'm highly energetic, anyways, and if I'm caffeine, it's hard to keep up with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what Alan had said too. So someday I'll have to I'll have to connect you to. You can talk about your love of just the flavor. Oh, that would be fun. 
All right. What are, you know, either the one, two or three most important qualities of a leader? Yeah. So the three that jumped to mind for me is leaders have to be really, really good listeners. Mm-hmm. You have to be a great communicator. And I think uh, the third one is, you know, I would say be good at inspiring and motivating people to do their best work and be their best selves. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you have to do that with empathy, but I always love it when people can figure out how to help you bring your best self to the table. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. On to now that the non more non-work questions, do you have a favorite podcast? I kind of jump around, but like I, sometimes I'll be boring and I'll listen to like, you know, Wall Street Journal podcast and, you know, what's the quick headlines that you need for every day. So I need to get better at making time for, you know, the other one that I started to listen to is also the TED Talks, you know, podcast. So those, those are a lot of fun. I like to listen to those. Got it. Um, all right. When you were a child, was there a book or TV show that you just thought it would be really cool to live in? You know, it's so funny. <laughs> I always think about back in the day and running the Partridge family, which might okay. predate, but it was like so cool that you could like be on this bus and go around singing and, you know, be in this band, you know, I, I always thought, oh, how cool, what a cool life that would be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can still do that. You just get an RV and get in there and just start driving around. So I feel like the yeah. thing to do in 2020. So they were, they were ahead of their time. Okay. Is there a song that is kind of your go-to or like when you're working out, I mean, you said you read on the treadmill, but it's sort of like your pump up song or you know, your I, favorite song to listen yeah, to. Yeah. So my husband is an avid, like he is a music, just he's got thousands and thousands. He's just so great with music. I, I tend to like to work out a little bit more in silence but okay. so it's not necessarily a pump me up song, but I'll tell you, there's one song that just moves me, always moves me. And, and I love that there are so many different renditions of it and so many different artists that have sung it. And that's the song yeah. Hallelujah. And people always send me links of different bands or different groups that are performing it. And it just, there's something so uplifting about that song for me. I don't know why it just kind of speaks to my soul. And so that's one that I listen to faithfully. I love that. I, I feel when you say that, um, for folks who in my generation, there was a show, the OC was on probably when I was in high school. And that was the song that they played at the end of one of the seasons. And so if you ask anyone who watched the OC, like when they hear that song, that's the one thing they think about. Is, oh, funny. Uh, that's that's funny. how I first discovered, I probably discovered that song when I was in like eighth grade or something oh, because funny. of the show, yeah. the, uh, the OC, but yeah, it is such a beautiful song. Okay. Is there a thing that you find that is extremely underrated? Is there anything you you think just people think is underrated, but you just think is fantastic? Oh, uh, that I think is uh, underrated. Not that's okay too. Yeah. Well, I you know I don't know if people think it's so underrated, but I think that some, I think you know quality quality time with family and friends. Like sometimes I just feel like we took that for granted in the past, and you know now I would say that it should be highly valued and prized because I think it's what's keeping most people sane and connected during the pandemic. 1000%. I, without my parents who never at my age did, I think I, you know, would technically move back in with them, but I'm loving it. I think right. Yeah. And, you know, we used to just be, take it for granted or we were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, you know, call my mother. I'm going to go see. Now to me, like it's things that people look forward to and they say, this is, they prioritized it over other things. Yeah, I agree. I know my parents have been gone the, the whole week and I was like, oh, and I, so I've been at the house by myself. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see them again. My roommates for the, uh, for the pandemic. What is your favorite season? 
So I'm born and raised in New England. So New England fall. So the fall is to me the most spectacular season. And you know, we're entering that now. I just I there's just something about the smell of the leaves and the mm-hmm. colors that I just my favorite season. Yeah, and I like the warm cinnamon smells and like apple cider. And it makes me think of football and I don't yeah. know. It's just yeah. Yeah. I love all the fall. I love the fall activities. I actually just scheduled one of my girlfriends and I were going cranberry bogging. <laughs> oh, you like put on the waiters and go like help harvest the cranberries and learn all about it and like get to have all the, you know, cranberry treats and stuff. And I was like, oh man, this is a, this is definitely leaning into the fall activities for sure. Um, yeah. Or like, I remember we used apple to go apple picking as a kid, right? Yeah. It's just and like, yeah, just going to get like mauled apple. I love like mauled out, you know, apple, warm apple cider and all that. Yeah, I agree. I think if I love fall up here, if fall could just be followed by spring and we could just skip yeah. winter altogether, I yeah. would be fine with that. Exactly. So, I can do that. I just like having like the first beautiful snow is always gorgeous. But then yeah. after that, it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll see you next year. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm off to somewhere warm right now. All right. If you could have a, an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? You never ran out of Book. books. Books. Yep. I All right. I like that. The three items that you always carry with you. Yeah. Well, sadly, um, I, I always have my iPhone with me. Like, yeah. so it's, like attached to my my you know I feel like I'm missing a limb without it which is probably not good and I always now I I find like I have uh reading glasses all over like everywhere I've got probably like 42 pairs because I always need them yeah I think maybe the other thing that I always have my husband laughs but I always have like a tissue in a pocket and a sweater pocket and a jacket pocket because I have um allergies and I just know it's gonna hit me so it's just I'm always the one somebody turns to and says, do you have any tissues? Because I just always do. (laughs) My mom always has tissues. Like she'll borrow a sweater of mine and I get it back and there's just like tissues everywhere. So (laughs) uh, she's, she's the same way. She has allergies too, but I I mean, actually, but it's really helpful. I've started carrying like the little, uh, you know, the little travel pack with me in my purse. Yeah, they're fantastic. You just never know when you might need one. Okay. Do you have any unusual skills? I don't know I, if it's I an unusual so. skill, but I think it's kind of more from a work perspective. One, one of the things that I've been known to be pretty good at is I'm a really good distiller of information. It's like okay. if I'm in meetings, people are, everybody's throwing all of this information and brainstorming. I'm really good at distilling and creating a framework for it. It's just a really good skill that I have. So yeah. I kind of see myself as the great distiller. <laughs> that is. I feel like every, every team needs somebody like that. So that's definitely... Um, a great skill. What is your favorite city to travel to? I guess that could be twofold, like international and, and domestic. Oh yeah. Well, there, are you there's going? two like, that I go to internationally faithfully. I absolutely adore Florence and Positano. Okay. So oh, those are two places in Italy. You know, in, in the U.S., we always have loved New York. Um, okay. You know, so I love New York City and I love Boston. You know, okay. and I think it's because you know, I went to school in Boston, but yeah. 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 I've, I've never, Italy is on my list. I've never been to Italy. So uh, I, I know well, when you're I'm ready, gonna... I can help you plan your itinerary. I've been to okay. Italy. So I, I just love it. Perfect. I know. I'm like, I feel like I need to take a month to go to Italy. There's so many places there I want to see. So yeah, <laughs> when I take a sabbatical someday, I'll just go spend it in Italy, like eating pasta and drinking wine and seeing the beautiful sights. Who, if you could have a dream dinner guest, well, you know, deceased or alive, who would that be? Uh, well, so like, let's see, deceased 
Alexander Hamilton. I've read his biography, of course, went to see the, Hamilton, the um, yeah. yeah, on Broadway. But I think that would be amazing. Like he's yeah. basically came up with our federal banking system. And, you know, and then maybe somebody living who I would love to is like Condoleezza Rice. I actually have the oh, yeah. honor of serving on a board with her right now. And she's oh, just so smart and so amazing. So she's I somebody that I would never tire of talking to because you just learn from her every time you talk to her. Yeah, she and I are actually in the same sorority. She would not know that, but she was an Alpha Chi at college. Oh, I, so oh, was I. Cool. that was like, you know, when, when we try to recruit people to her, we're like, oh, and Condoleezza Rice, our famous, our famous Alpha Chi alumni. That one feels like you could achieve it maybe at some point, like after a board meeting at a board dinner. So I Yeah, I mean, if we ever get together in person again, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that one's definitely easier than the Alexander Hamilton, but if you had the time machine, we could also solve that. So. Yeah, exactly. If I, had, if I could only have that superpower i know it's funny actually the, the guy the, the gentleman who who doesn't drink the the caffeinated coffee he also alexander hamilton is hit one of his his role models and people that he would want to eat with too so you guys just have, lots in yeah. common. We have a few things in common i here. know i know um, and then my last question for you is who is your role model you know i don't i don't that i have just one but i think mm-hmm. the, a theme for me is I always like people who were first at something because it's okay. like, it's kind of, I like like problem solving. I'd like to be a problem solver. And so people say it can't be done. I'd like mm-hmm. to see if can I be first to get it done. So I, there's like people that some don't even know, like there's a, a woman I've been reading about, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. She was like the first British female physician, right? You know, you think of Margaret Thatcher. I think she was like the first mm-hmm. female prime minister in Europe, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and people like Condoleezza Rice, who I think was the first female African-American secretary of state. Like, it's just yeah. amazing to me people who were first because, yeah. you know, it, it. I think it's just amazing to have that level of confidence and skill and talent and belief yeah. that, you know what, we can make this happen. And that has always been something that I find as just very inspiring. Yeah. 